Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Come to the water of life You will never thirst again Let all who are thirsty come to Him Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Some of you have recognized that you just aren't producing what you think you should be producing. You don't have the job you think you should have. You know you're more talented than producing. Say, what's wrong with me? Just can't seem to produce. 
something wrong. I feel like the brakes are on in my life. And regardless how hard I try, I just can't break through. Grow discouraged, depressed. Finally, you just give up and say, well, this is, this is life. This is how it is. Not going to change. Well, I wonder, have the curse of the fig tree on your life? It was a curse that Jesus on a fig tree. In 24 hours, that fig tree had completely withered. It was dead. Could not ever produce anything again. Curious, you might wonder, curse of the fig tree life. And if so, what can you do about it? I was just, father was struggling. It's a wonderful question. Heard him say to my mother, Jesus has put on me the curse of the fig tree. He said, no, Matt. Jesus wouldn't do that. Jesus would. In fact, Jesus did that to a real tree. You find it in Mark, 11th chapter. Came back. Announced as the Savior riding a donkey. There was no one there to meet him. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything. Since it was already late, he went on to Bethany with the twelve. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree. In leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, as it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those who were selling doves. would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. Jesus cursed a fig tree. In the cursing of that fig tree, he ensured that it would never produce fruit again. You know how delicious a a fresh fig is? You pick it directly from the tree in the warmth of the summer. I don't think there's any fruit more delicious 
than a fig. Fresh, just picked. That's what Jesus was anticipating, and there were no figs on the tree. Now, they say that it was not the time to season picked figs. Evidently, Jesus is expected to find some figs. So Jesus goes to the temple courts, and there he finds something that really irritates him. This is his father's house, and everybody's busy buying and selling cattle that they will offer for the sacrifices. They're all people come from many miles away, and they walk. They can't bring their cattle with them. So he comes in, and he begins to turn over the money changer's table, and you can hear those coins as they hit that hard granite floor. And there were people there selling doves for the poor, probably overcharging them. So he blocked the way. He would not let anyone bring a an animal or a bird to the house of the Lord. And he said, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. You've made it a den of robbers. In other words, you're overcharging, you're gouging people. Now the chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill Jesus. Because they were afraid of him because Crowds were amazed at his teaching. They were teaching with authority. They were teachings with authority. When evening came, they went out of the city. And in the morning, as they were coming back in, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered, and he said to Jesus, Rabbi, look. The tree you curse has withered. I need to say a couple things about this. I told you my father was a very godly man. And I heard him say, the curse of the fig tree is on my life. My mother disagreed, but My ears were open, and many times after that, I heard again from my father that he had the curse of the fig tree. So finally, when I was almost in high school, I sat down with my father and I said, Daddy, I have a question for you. What is the curse of the fig tree, and why is it on you? Well, he said, Ray, many years ago, I was invited to become a pastor. And I turned down their invitation. They wanted to ordain me. 
said no. I said, Daddy, why would you say no? Because you're very, very successful with people. People like you. Why would you say no? My father preached, taught in church. He was a lay pastor. Happened. Well, he said, Ray, I have only three grades of formal education. And as you know, I killed the king's English. I'm not very good with words. I said, well, I understand, though, what you say. Touches people's hearts. He said, no, Ray, if you're going to be a pastor, you're going to have to be educated. Going to have to be able to use the words properly. There's a there's a proper way to speak. I never learned that. And I was ashamed. I said, Well, Dad, why did that bring the curse of the fig tree on you? Well, I was offered three times invitation to become a full-time paid pastor, to be ordained, and I believed it was inappropriate that I could not measure up to what God would expect me to be. I said, but Dad, you were called. That means that Somebody recognize that you be a good pastor. Well, I didn't think so. Now, my dad was stubborn. Grant you that. But then my dad's ability... One thing he enjoyed doing and did as a living and was very good at it was going door to door and selling Christian books, children's books, Bibles, at a suitcase full. We're called, in, in that day, they were called call porters. So dad would go out and sell. And he made a good living doing that. But after the third turned down, he was no longer able to sell Christian literature or Christian books or Bibles or children's stories. It was just literally taken away from him. He could go out and knock on doors and never sell a book. And finally, he had to leave that work completely because our family was going to starve. And then he found other employment and did well. He knew in his heart the Lord was unhappy with him and took from him the ability to make a living for the family. Now, Dad called that the curse 
of the fig tree. Some of you recognize in your life the curse of the fig tree. I recognize in my life that curse. Now, did Jesus put that curse on me? Did the devil put the curse on me? My dad was clear that it was Jesus who had taken his calling. He said, you will no longer be able to participate. You turned it down three times. Now, some of you are going to have a hard time with what I'm saying today. But I have recognized in my life the same curse. I can teach, preach, and people come to Jesus. But he has not allowed me the full freedom I have very much sought the work of the gospel. Some people have the curse of the fig tree on them, and they've gone out, and they have followed the church growth philosophy, teachings, and they've built beautiful churches. But when you go in and you listen, there's no Holy Spirit presence. No Holy Spirit power. Yes, they've, they've brought many people into their church. They've piled the brush high. But the people themselves have no Holy Spirit presence. They're dead. Now, you can put on quite a show as a pastor and through charisma to your ability to influence and impact people. You can raise up a great church. I know many men who have done this. But then you come to ask questions clear that the curse of the fig tree is on their lives and they're not even aware of it not aware of the absence of the Holy Spirit well, some have what is called the Kundalini Spirit it's not the Holy Spirit it's a demonic spirit it's a laughing spirit spirit of entertainment it's the bark like a dog, and roll on the floor. Not talking about that kind of Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the real Holy Spirit. I've struggled thus far in my life with big tree curse. And a very painful struggle for me. Now, there are other people who also have this curse on their lives. In fact, I would guess that if I ask most people close questions regarding their lives, would tell me that they have not been as successful as they have 
thought they would be. They have not reached the goals that they had set for themselves. Many would even say to me, there's some kind of curse on my life. Big tree curse. They don't know to call it that. That's what they're dealing with. Because somewhere along the line, they have sinned against the Lord. Maybe sexually. That will create the fig tree. Or they have sinned in some other way against the Lord and against called them to. And they have rejected turned aside, they've said no. They've called you to be a Christian. And you knew in your heart you should say yes. Either ignored his call or you have angrily said no. Brought on your life the curse of the fig. This is a very serious issue. Some of you think, oh, come on, Ray. The only thing that matters is what's in the physical realm. That's what you believe. You're just simply ignorant. It's what's in the spirit realm that controls what's going to happen in your life. Look at Daniel, the second chapter. Lord outlines there. history of the earth. Going to be king? What nation will rule? We're right now in a very, very interesting place in America. If you look at the long haul, you look at the big picture, you begin to recognize that President Biden and others could not have become leaders in America, utterly corrupt. But God is allowing the nation to have a president like themselves. And in time, short time, God's judgments will begin to fall on America in a much greater way than they are right now, and they're already upon us. The decisions about what will happen or what will not happen are not in your hands or mine. They're in the hands of the living God. And the day will come when the Antichrist will arise. He will try to take charge of the earth. But according to Daniel, a stone is going to be cut out, out hands, and will be down on the this great image Daniel saw shared with Nebuchadnezzar. And then this whole image is going to come crashing down and we will move into what's called a thousand-year millennium where Jesus will personally rule
So I tell you the truth. These curses are real. Some come from the devil and some come from Lord God of heaven. Jesus who cursed this fig tree. So we look at all of this and try to understand Now, I'm in a position where I've accident seven months ago and broke my right leg. I could have rushed off to the doctor and had surgery. Might have been able to repair this leg. But I didn't because I'm very conscious things happen that don't necessarily mean random chance. I know in my case that this is very much a spiritual issue. And I'm being dealt with in the school of pain. And God is accomplishing restitutions in my life that I needed to make and so. Changed many of the ways I think. Spent now months focused on reading the scripture. And he brought to my mind Big Tree. Raises the question How do you break the curse of the fig tree? When the spirit realm taken a position against you and you make choices and those choices are not in line with the will of God but they're your own selfish choices he may stop you in that process or he may just let you go greatest fear of mine is that God will just let me go. Now, I know, I, I too hear all of the false things about the Lord Jesus Christ. Crazy saying, God is good. And the counter then answer is all the time. Well, if you really know who God is, say a foolish thing like that. Yes, God is good, but he's also just. Also brings judgments. You went into Sodom and Gomorrah and you began to shout, God is good. God is good. Say a week later after the fire. God who sent the fire and burned them out. Remind people of, as an example of what God is going to do at the end of time. So let's not play that God is good and that means he loves you unconditionally and that Everything's going to be fine. 
No, everything is not going to be fine. There is a fire of hell to burn, and there is a heaven to win. Not by works, by putting your trust, your belief, your life into the hands of the eternal God of heaven. Some of you are just fighting God. I know. Stop it. The fig tree curse is real. I know that that curse can be broken. I know there is a a way for you to pray that breaks the curse. Now, the curse has not been totally broken in my life yet, although the Lord God of heaven has, on several occasions, intervened in my life in such a manner. The curse was broken. Let me read for you. Listen carefully. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. And then, in the morning, after things slowed down, they went to Jesus. said, big tree you cursed has withered. And now Jesus gives them the answer to breaking the curse. Big tree. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. It will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you for your sins. You understand? This is being said to his specific disciples who have chosen to follow after Jesus. That's an important point. This prayer for the breaking of the fig curse is for those people who have chosen to follow Jesus. 
It's for those men and women, boys and girls, who throw themselves totally upon the Lord God of heaven. who take a position that they belong to Jesus. That's who these people are. These are disciples who are actually following physically Jesus wherever he goes. And they've now come to the place where the Garden of Gethsemane will take place in just a short time. These are the disciples who are seasoned, who are ready, who are going to walk through the crucifixion with Jesus. Oh, yes, they're going to run. They're going to flee. They're going to make some very serious mistakes. The curse of the fig tree does not come because you've made a mistake. The curse of the fig tree comes because you have rejected the word of God to yourself. You have said no to him. You have said, I want to live my own life my own way. He says, okay, you'll live your life the way you want to live it, and I'm going to put the the curse of the fig tree on you. Because there's nothing in your life. There's no fruit in your life for Jesus. It's the fruit. Galatians, and it tells us. Love, joy, patience, kindness. Fruit of the Spirit. But then there's also the fruit that is born in producing for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. The souls that are one. If you look over here, you're familiar with this passage, but you may not thought of it in context. Chapter 15 of the book of John, the gospel. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. In other words, God comes, the Father comes, and he cuts off every branch that calls itself a Christian, but it bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it. See, grapevine may get disease on it. And you can't spray it with insecticide to get rid of it. Like, so what do you have to do? Just cut it off. And then that blighted branch is thrown into the fire. 
It's over. Well, he's using mine as himself, and he's using you as the branch. You don't bear any fruit if you do not remain in Jesus at all. terrifying is cut off you can't all that Jesus wants you to produce you don't produce anything cut off and you're thrown in the fire we better at least produce kindness and mercy patience long suffering better produce something out of our connection with Jesus. But beyond that, better produce food for the nations. Better produce the gospel in such a manner and in such a a powerful way. They come to Jesus. Now, in the American church, we don't have much of an ability to bring people. We have a good ability to bring them to a church. It's not Jesus. We have a good ability to convince them that we're right. doesn't mean they're going to come to Jesus. The fruit that he's looking for is men and women who are going to come and join themselves to Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the blood of Jesus, be born again from from on high. Be made into new creatures without the curse of the fig tree on them. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, will be done for him. Now I'm going to tell you a secret. Jesus is so merciful, so incredibly kind, don't have to have your life cleaned up before he'll begin to answer and remove that curse. So that when we pray and ask in faith, answer us. He will answer us and his kindness is meant to bring us to repentance. When I first began to pray this prayer, I was not holy. But God, in his mercy, still answered my plea. Now that I know what I'm supposed to be doing and how I'm called to live, 
won't quickly answer. Remember, this is for disciples. I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. The one demand that Jesus makes, if you want me to answer the prayer, then forgive everybody for their sins. Because before I can answer your request and forgive you, you're going to have to forgive everybody around you. That's So how would you pray this prayer? First, you speak to something very specific. Tell you what I'm praying. Lord, you know that my leg is broken. You know the effect it is having overall on my health. You know that it blocks me from being productive in the way I want to be productive for you. I am speaking now to this mountain of a broken leg. And I'm saying, Lord Jesus, I speak to this mountain in your name. And I tell you, go throw yourself into the sea. And I don't doubt in my heart that I will be healed. I believe that what you've told me to do in commanding this leg to be healed is what you are going to do for me. It will be done. So I believe that my leg is healed, but I know it hasn't been manifested. And so I pray now that it will manifest in my life. And I have honestly forgiven and made restitution. Every person I'm aware holds something against me. I believe that it is your will to heal me, totally restore me. I'm asking that every curse be removed from my life that has come upon me because of disobedience of my heart, of my actions, because of every door that is open for the devil to make accusation. I come now asking in the name of Jesus, would you forgive me? And would you remove from my life every curse from Satan or every judgment that you've made against me, Jesus. I just stand rejoicing in you, Jesus, knowing that I have won the battle, that I'm going to testify 
I've won the battle. Lord, would you come and do that for me today? Pray some version of that as the Lord leads you, as you study carefully. Mark 11. Question yourself. Verse 22. 25, be absolutely honest for a holy and righteous God. Hide. This is how I pray. And I pray with my hand on my Bible. And I'm believing that he will heal me. Even now he is healing me. That that leg going to be manifest physical realm the bone will be healed some of you are going to say come on pastor I don't believe that stuff then follow your own way you're responsible before God for denying turning your back upon him See, my relationship with Jesus has to be with me in Jesus. It has to be with me placing my full trust, my full trust in Jesus, believing his word, believing that what he says will be done for me. I don't do it. It's done for me. So, I'm asking in prayer. I am believing that I have received it. Believing that a, that a whole heel leg Go read this scripture in Luke chapter verse 12 all the way through verse 25. And ask Jesus for standing. Ask Jesus what he wants you, position you need. I've been in some very serious crisis. This is the prayer that I have prayed. The Lord has totally delivered me. I believe He's totally delivering me again. I'm waiting upon Him. believe that there are people listening right now who are under that curse. And I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would 
either as a curse from the devil or as a judgment that you've made because they have resisted and said no to you and they have walked in wickedness before you. They've walked in fornication. They've walked in all kinds of sexual wickedness. They've been arrogant and proud. They've been many different things of darkness. But now they're ready to come out of that and they're ready to believe in you and they're ready to take a position where they will trust you, Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would move in the hearts of those who've listened to this message. There are some who will just simply scorn it. I ask, Lord, for your kind mercy for them. Lord, there are some who will say, I've prayed and nothing happened, nothing will happen. I understand. But there's nothing that could be more wrong. For you are the Lord God of heaven and earth, and nothing is too difficult for you. You hear the cry of your people. You see their wounds and their brokenness. Praying, Jesus, that right now you would move in their hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Pray in your holy name. Amen. Now it's very clear that that it takes real patience when you come to asking God for something. Sometimes he's answered me instantly, very quickly. But other times I've prayed for a year where he finally answered. Sometimes, and some things I've been praying for for 30 years. One such thing, I'm praying for revival. I'm praying that God will pour out his spirit upon America in such a way that there will arise out of America a great, sobbing, broken cry of repentance. Only God can do that in a man's heart. And I'm praying especially for you who listen to this broadcast that you would not give up, that you would join me in praying for revival in America, that you would put away your sin Put away your pride, your arrogance. Put away your cynicism. People say to me, Pastor, I prayed, nothing happened. Just garbage. Okay. And you won't receive what you're praying for. That would be awful. I want you to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and I want that cry of repentance to rise in your hearts. 
Well, we're out of time. Been listening to Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel, Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And I've been praying that God would move in many of your hearts to give to keep this gospel work on the radio and on the YouTube. You can also go directly to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. That's nationalprayerchapel.com. And you can give online. My brother, my sister, I love you. It's time for us to get very serious with Jesus. Because he's very, very serious with us. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. With great joy Now unto him who is able To keep you from falling And to present you blameless Before the presence of his glory